Ladies and gentlemen, this is your host and host, Somesh, the superhuman camera, and you are listening to me exclusively on Pro Sport Podcasters. We are the Pro Sports Podcasters, where no sport is left behind. It's time for another episode of the Pro Sports Podcasters with your hosts, Nee Wallace Bruce, Colbert Durand, and Justin Williams. On this podcast, we have guests from all over the world covering every sport from artistic gymnastics to weightlifting. We are something for every sports fan on PSP. Whether your interests are the athletes playing the game, the coaches, or the media, we've got you covered. Fun and informative, honest and engaging. You won't want to miss a single episode. So let's kick this off. BetUS Sportsbook is your ultimate destination for online betting. With sports betting, live betting, Racebook, online slots, and online casino. It's available across the U.S. and Canada. Use the code PSP to receive a massive sign-up bonus. Welcome back to the Pro Sports Podcasters. My name is Kobe Ron. You guys know me as Kobe, and I'm not alone today. I've got someone from the Southern Hemisphere, and this is a, a topic today that's a little closer to his neck of the woods. We've got the NWB, the real NWB, Nee Wallace-Bruce. How's it going, buddy? I'm great, Kobe. Uh, pleasure to be on with you, as always. And how are you doing? I'm good. I'm good. I'm looking forward to this one, man. It's going to be a little bit different for us, even though this is the Friday Fight Show. We are going to target a different area of the world. We're going to target India, which a lot of people on this this side of the pond don't really hear that much about when it comes to mixed martial arts. But we've got a true professional of Indian martial arts with us, and that's Samesh Kamra. Samesh Kamra is the host of the Fight Mania podcast, and he's also the co-founder of Superhuman Gym based out of India. But there's a lot more to him than that. We're going to find out a few things that might be of particular interest to the fight fans, not only there, but here, because he's recruiting talent for the top promotion in the world right now. Samesh, how you doing? Thank you so much, guys. That's a very generous and a beautiful introduction. I truly, truly appreciate it. And it's great speaking with you guys. Now, you're saying we're being generous, but we're actually holding a, a fair bit back. But we'll get into that. <laughs> Let, let's, start with, let's start with how you got into mixed martial arts to begin with. Oh, you know, that's, that's, uh, that's a beautiful question because it has been asked to me like some 50,000 times in the last 10 years. And every time somebody asks that question, I get more and more interested to answer it because it takes me back almost 20 years. And I love each and every aspect of these years and weeks and months that I have spent in the sport. So, you know, to answer your question, I actually started watching. Uh, it was it all started with me flipping through channels, to be honest. And mm-hmm. we had a channel called Star Sports, um, you know, which, which, which was very experimentive in the early 2000s. And there used to be this MMA promotion called Pride FC out of Japan that used to be aired uh, in India at that point of time. And when I say at that point of time, I'm talking about maybe 2002, 2003. And while flipping channels, you know, I was a huge WWF addict. And whilst flipping through channels, I saw the sport that, Looks like WWF, but people are kind of, you know, actually hitting each other. And there are some kind of gloves and people can toss each other. And there are some jokes and locks. And so I got pretty interested. And 
I just held on to that channel for about 10 minutes and I started seeing what exactly is this sport, you know. And I'm talking about the days when Ken Shamrock used to fight there. Mm-hmm. So, you know, uh, it was, it was uh, you know, and from there, honestly, there's no looking back. It was possibly, if I'm not mistaken, in the year 2003 that I started watching Pride FC on Star Sports and I just got hooked on, man. I just got hooked on. And honestly, India at that point of time didn't have anything to do with MMA. In fact, this side of the world, I'm assuming, didn't have too much of MMA. So, I just got totally hooked on from there. And being a professional kickboxer at that point of time, I started training wrestling. And man, and 20 years later, I'm here, you know. (laughs) Now, do you know when mixed martial arts became sanctioned in India? Um, I think it was in the year 2012, if I'm not mistaken, in and around that time. Okay, so it's still very young in India. It, it's it's very young. And in fact, when I say 2012, it, it happened because uh, there was a UK national called Raj Kundra who launched the Super Fight League in India. And I guess that's the time when we had the first official association that was governing the sport. Okay, okay. So you've watched it grow from its infancy then. Oh man, absolutely. In fact, you know, most you know, most people think that, you know, that it's been twenty years and MMA is big and stuff, but no, I personally think uh MMA is still in its infancy in India, but it's organized. The good part is people have heard about the sport. All the major promotions come on broadcast networks out here. You know, there are MMA gyms out here. There are maybe five or six different, you know, governing bodies. And uh, now people have started getting into amateur fighting as well. So I do believe this is the time where I actually see MMA rise in India from maybe 2021-22. Do you see India, given its growth, especially as a a world market power now, as maybe the next big market for MMA? Uh, so, you know, that's a very good question because most people, you know, across the globe, when they talk about India, they always talk about India as a non-violent country. And, you know, they talk about Mahatma Gandhi and, uh, you know, that kind of stuff. But mm-hmm. to be really honest, I think India is one of the most violent country given the history that we've had, you know, and because we've had, a, I mean, maybe about a 5,000 or a 10,000 year old history. But even if we dig in the last 500 years, you know, all all that we've had is wars and strategies and combat and all of that. So I do believe that India has a very rich history in combat. We have maybe about, you know, if I'm not mistaken, maybe 14 or 15 dominant arts that revolve around combat. Mm-hmm. Most of them are, or, or, you know, most of them were dying arts, but now each state that we have has a different martial art and everyone is now trying to train in their own uh, state martial art and i think that's a very very important aspect because the northern side of india if you see has produced some really good boxers the the midwest area is where the wrestlers are mm-hmm. the northeast side uh, you know of india has produced some great wushu uh, guys you know so I genuinely believe that India has huge potential. It's not just the population. It's not just the economy. It's not just the spending power. But I do believe that India definitely has the potential to get in some 
excellent athletes and in the next 10 years i do believe we will be the next brazil for the ufc you see i see that too i think there's the possibility of that 100% especially given the population you have right the growth is just right. going to happen exponentially now i know knee is chomping at the bit to talk a little bit about more <laughs> about your accomplishments so knee absolutely <laughs> yeah and i got to say congratulations on those accomplishments you've you've done very well to get to where you are but thank I, you so I, much i'm very curious because that doesn't happen by accident now that's you obviously had a plan to get there and you made your way towards where you are now so i guess take our audience to where it started take us to how you started the gym uh, first off the the superhuman gym a uh, interesting question again because uh, you know i have i have answered this so many times but every time you ask me i'm equally passionate and i'm equally happy and equally motivated to talk about it so you know so i'll tell you what happened when when i used to box uh, i realized that if this sport needs to be the next big thing the base of it has to be training and because i used to play professional cricket as a youngster i realized that cricket is such a big sport in india because mm-hmm. i think half our population plays it yeah <laughs> half the population understand the sport and if any sport has to become big in any part of the world i think training is a very very important aspect of it so in 2008 i went uh, to russia to learn the sport and i was at the m1 global center you know where people like fedor and mm-hmm. alexander emelinko and all these guys have trained and i spent some time there i kind of learned the sport because i was i was primarily a striker when i when i when i when i started my sporting journey i was primarily a striker and i and i did some basic wrestling in india but i realized that that was not good enough it it could not it could not cut in you know to where i see india so in 2008 i i went there you know i understood the fundamentals of training i i spent some time with the boys i came back and i realized that to get this up in india we need infrastructure and since i wasn't funded and i wasn't cash rich either what i did is i started tying up with various gymnasiums here and uh, you know they started giving me some space uh, within within the existing gyms and that's how i started till one fine day you know there was somebody that noticed me and said listen you know i love your concept uh, would you want to partner and do something and that was the birth of superhuman and today we've got two big uh, two big training centers uh, in india and from this year onwards because covid is completely out and the markets have opened up uh we're looking to expand to at least two or three gyms every single year nice now when you started when 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 you got the gym started were there any other mixed martial arts gyms out there or were you the, the trailblazer for such gyms in india uh no i think there were i think i think there were mma gyms because what happened uh you know when 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 the ufc got on tv uh in india i think it was the year 2013 is when they signed their agreement with uh, sony sports just a few years after that i think one championship started coming on uh, star sports so what happened there there were there were mma gyms already however because mma was the hot trending topic when it came to sports and fitness i think a lot of gyms just got in a boxing guy and just branded it as an mma gym you know so no one really taught mma it was maybe a wrestler who 
ties up with the gymnasium, does say six months of boxing and calls himself an MMA coach. And a lot of this still happens. You know, it's not that it doesn't happen. It still happens. But I, I wasn't the, I wasn't the forefront of this movement. It existed. But when I started my own place, because I have a long history with Jackson Wink and M1 Global and all the international guys, uh, I think we just turned out to be the best because I had that prior, you know, 10, 12 years of exposure in the sport. Mm-hmm. Okay. Yeah, that's, that's fair. That's, uh, that's completely understandable. Now, I'm going to ask you, because you touched on the influences of boxing wrestling. By the way, I do remember Star Sports when I was in Asia. I remember tuning into Star Sports from time to time and... Yeah, those are you bring back some memories by mentioning that I do remember some of the different sports <laughs> on that channel, <laughs> but um, you touched on the influences of boxing and wrestling in MMA in India. I wanted to ask, are there some other influences from say, Kalari, Payatu, and some other, some of the other martial arts in India on on MMA in in the country? As of now, no. I think we're still about two or three years away from that. But there's no direct influence. However, what has happened is a lot of these film stars have started adopting Indian martial arts for all the action sequences. You know, Mm -hmm. so in a lot of Indian movies now, most of the action that is done has been derived from some kind of martial art. Like up north, there's a dying martial art called Gatka. So Mm -hmm. if you just Google Gatka and just check it out, it is absolutely... It is. It's beautiful. It is. It is one of those Sikh martial arts. You know the guys that wear the turbans. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So it's you know it's the it's the art that the Sikhs had adopted, and you know in our in our religious books it says you know that you know one Sikh is equivalent to a thousand warriors. So mm. uh, you know that's how that's how these guys took it up. They were they were very very serious about it. But now Gatka is coming back because a lot of these film stars they are adopting you know, techniques and moves from those martial arts in the action sequences. So I do believe uh, that it's about two or three years away where we include things like Kalari in our martial arts. So just to let you know, Connor uh, practices a lot of animal movement, you know, for his flexibility and all of that. So at least, at least he used to. Now, animal movement has been derived from Kalari. It is, mm-hmm. it is uh, Kalari. Uh, so basically animal movement is the, is the basis of Kalari. And it gets way more advanced when we start using weapons and stuff. So, as as I tell most of the guys in the UFC that, you know, we have it all. It just it just needs to be packaged right now. Absolutely. And Con- Connor has a film coming out, so I'm sure he would have drawn on some of those techniques in his film. I just I just think he's become too big right now. He's probably what two twenty pounds plus. Yeah. <laughs> oh, no, hold that thought because I know I know Kobe wants to get into that. I know he wants to get into uh, some future fights. One, I just want to touch on one thing because you touched on India before. I just want to say, as I guess as an outside observer, that India may not be perceived as violent, but the the country knows how to defend itself. If, if that makes sense, like not just historically, but also. Um, even in sports like uh, cricket, hockey, there's there's something about the the Indian resolve. Like there's something about being able to defend in competition or in in times of war. And I, I think that's going to come through in in martial arts. It may not be loud and proud like the American style, but 
it's going to be right. something that'll that'll shock the world a little bit. You're right. Uh, absolutely. In fact, it was just uh, a few days back that if you heard about this guy called Rohan Bopana, who's yes. this 43 or 44 year old tennis player that became the doubles number one in the world at age 44 or 43. So I just I just think that Indians generally are very resilient mm-hmm. beings. From a very young age, you know, we've been taught to hang in there, push forward and hang in there and push mm-hmm. forward and hang in there and push forward. And I guess that 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 kind of translates, uh, you know, into all of the other things. Like, you know, I've, I've, I've just met a few of these friends of mine, you know, who work in uh, Microsoft and Google. And they all climb up really, really quickly in their designations because, you know, instead of instead of 10 hours of work, we put in 14 hours of work. You know, instead of 12 hours, we put in 16 hours of work. So I guess it is something which is just tuned into our DNA. Yeah, Rahul Dravid, the famous cricketer, he was called the wall for a reason. <laughs> oh, yeah. Oh, no, man. Very oh, resilient. He was a genius. Yeah. Very interesting. That being said, congratulations to Australia on the Cricket World Cup in India. Let's, let's be honest here. That was a splendid there. performance. You know? <laughs> you know, and quite funnily, I always feel that you need to lose that one match before you get into the finals. And yes. there's you know, there's that there's that ten zero curse that was there. And going into the finals, I told all my friends, you know, I don't think it's happening. And they were like, you know what? Just keep him out shut. And I was like, you know, and I was like, you guys need to trust me because I I know how this works. When when you win ten on a trot, the eleventh one is most likely not going to happen. Absolutely. Yeah, the payment comes due, right? The payment yeah. comes due. Now, now you, you had mentioned <laughs> you had mentioned how most of the outside world sees India as sort of a pacifist culture, and I'm one of those people. I always saw it that way. I mean, when I thought sports in India, all I thought was cricket. That's that's all I had originally considered. But I grew up in an right. area outside Toronto that has a very large Sikh community. It's probably the largest Sikh community in Canada, actually. Wow. And I got to learn the warrior caste, right? And how and how right. they do things. And I actually a job I had was for a company called Sears, big company here. It's now now gone. But I worked at their distribution center just outside of this area that had a large Sikh community. And right. during our lunch hours, I saw them like smashing each other. Okay. <laughs> I was like, what what are they? I go, what what are these guys doing? Right? What are these guys doing? And they knew I was into American football. Right. And I'm I'm athletic. You've never seen me, but I'm I'm very athletic and I, I played some semi-professional sports and such. And they're like, hey, have you ever heard of Kabaddi? Right. And I said, no, I've never heard of that. So they explained that game to me and invited me to play. And I think most people here have never heard of Kabaddi. But how, how big is Kabaddi now there? I know it's still a fringe thing, but is it followed? Oh, no. So there is so there's something called Kabaddi League out here. It's called Pro Kabaddi League. And you will not believe it because after cricket... Pro Kabaddi League is the second biggest watched sport in India. Really? Yes. Quite quite surprisingly. And it's not Kabaddi as a sport, but it's this Kabaddi League, uh, which I think comes about maybe three months in a year or something. And that league is the second most viewed sport in India. It's that big. Okay, because it's easily one of the most violent sports. Uh, I mean, you know... 
I, I, I mean, I, I don't know what version of it were the Sikhs playing. You know, I mean, were they, you know, were they breaking bottles on each other's heads? And, no, 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 no. You know, but it was, it was, there was a lot of physical contact in the, the oh, way it yes, was played. Yes. Yeah. Yes, it is. You know, so, you know, it's like one guy enters a territory of the other guy and it depends on who touches whom. And again, I don't know the rules myself. And quite funnily, I watch the sport, but I don't know the rules exactly. So, uh, it's like, you know, they have to catch that one guy and not let him cross the line and stuff like that. Now, you had mentioned, you know, sourcing talent. So, you have a a role with the UFC where you're actually sort of a scout and recruit for Indian MMA talent, correct? Yes. Okay, so how, how do you go about finding the individual fighters here? Uh, you know, so that's a very good question because earlier, you know, I used to travel India and I used to literally go from gym to gym when there were just like few gyms in India. Mm-hmm. And I used to go there, spend time, spend a week, 10 days with them, you know, ask them who were the best guys. And to be really honest, when I am sitting with them, they are obviously, you know, amongst their own. So I know maybe the best guy is not yet pushing himself because the other guys will not be at his or her level. Mm-hmm. But I believe what I see first is mindset. Uh, how is this guy or girl? you know, ready or determined or, you know, how will he do versus the Dagestanis or the Americans or the Brazilians or the Japanese? So I actually focus on mindset first before skill set. And I know in case I have to develop his or her skill set, I can still do that. But mindset is something which I cannot develop. Okay. So okay. I genuinely see how determined. Yeah. So, so as I said, I, I look at, I look at mindset before skill set. And that's how I start my scouting journey, at least with the Indian fighters. Because, you know, I know a lot of guys who are extremely talented, but they're extremely lazy. I try and look at that perfect package. And honestly, one of those perfect packages that I could say is when I selected Anshul Jubli mm-hmm. for Road to UFC, I had already told the UFC you know, that, you know, this this guy is going to win. You can You can put anybody against him. If he has to lose, I think the opponent has to be extreme extremely good so the korean opponent in the semi-finals that anshul beat was the strongest contender and uh, his name was kim pyo and kim pyo was uh, you know kind of it was like a set thing that this guy is the chap who could win the 155 pound division and anshul managed to beat him mm-hmm. so and eventually went on to uh, win the tournament so i think i think anshul jubilee is one of those uh, characters that I saw a mindset first and of course you know he was hungry enough determined enough focused enough to develop his skill set okay so I guess one of the most difficult things you're going to have to deal with when it comes to to finding talent and sourcing talent in India is that unlike some of these other more like MMA established countries that have teams with just gauntlets of truly top level competition it's hard to pick out who actually has the skills when they don't have the same amount of competition around them correct absolutely yes absolutely and you know and that's what makes my job so difficult because you know we don't we don't have anything equivalent to a ncaa wrestling we don't have any major pro league that is happening or any promotion you know uh, in fact we don't even have an amateur promotion Mm-hmm. So, you know, it just it just makes my job doubly difficult. So, 
what I try and do is I try and pick guys who are younger, guys who have fought in maybe local tournaments as well. And then I also see as to how their finishes, you know, uh, is the is the competition level too easy for them in India? Then I try and, you know, plug them into the smaller promotions, maybe in Philippines or Indonesia or something on those lines. Because, see, we need to accept the fact that India right now is at a stage. I mean, I, you know, I can, I can send you screenshots of my Instagram where 150 messages every day of amateur fighters claiming that they are the next Conor McGregor, mm-hmm. you know? Yeah, I can see. I can see that. I I also believe that they are looking at the glamour and not at the hard work. So there are many of these guys who you know want the blinking watches and the limelight and all of that. But all that changes when you get punched in the face. Yeah, for sure, for sure. All that changes when you get punched in the face. So you know, and there are some guys that truly embrace the violence and they push forward. So. It's just a matter of, you know, being glued and plugged into the system where you understand how this person would behave. And that's how I make my picks. Okay, makes sense. I mean, that's that's fair. By far, that's fair, right? It's, you got to expect as much from them as you do for yourself. Absolutely. And that's, that's how you really find out who wants it, who wants it more than everyone else and who's prepared to, to get nitty-gritty and put in the work, as you say. Now, I got to ask: Do you think we could see a an edition of the Dana White Contender Series, or a similar fight series that is centered around India in the future, as part of this growth? Uh, absolutely, yes. I think I think it makes absolute sense uh, to have a Dana White Contender Series kind of situation here. But however, the format of Dana White Contender Series is where Dana goes to various promotions and looks at fights and picks who he thinks will work in the UFC. I don't think India is ready for that as yet, but I do believe what can be done is maybe some Indian fighters can be plugged into other tournaments, you know, in case Dana is visiting some tournament, you know, and, you know, we could, we could, we could plug them into that. I think that could be a possibility because I do believe India doesn't have the quantity of fighters that the UFC is looking at. Maybe we will start with one, then go on to two, then five, then six, seven. But to get to that clean number of maybe 15, 20, I think we're about four or five years away. Okay, well, we're going to watch this space and I'm sure we'll have you back on to discuss and talk about the progress. But in terms of the progress, what's your outlook for Anshu Jubilee, who you touched on before? Where do you see him going in the UFC uh, in the near future? So, Anshul Jubilee, I, I believe, has tremendous potential. If his head is in the right place, I definitely think he is a top 10 material. And the reason why I say top 10 material is, is because not only is his ability to do hard work absolutely spot on, but as a true represent for the country, he's a humble guy. You know, he talks well, he looks good, you know, he encourages others uh, to do what they're doing. And I think as somebody who's representing the country, I think he will go a long way. He is somebody that a lot of, lot of people will look up to. If Anshul Jubilee had the attitude of a Mike Perry, maybe he will not go the distance. But he's, you know, he's one of those guys that you look up to and say, yeah, man, you know, this guy's a role model. I want to be like him. 
Yeah, yeah, that's fair. Now, I remember the UFC made a pretty big push in the last um, 10 to 15 years into China. But it, yes. it appears that they've, they've pulled away a little bit. Do you, think, do you think they're going to try that again, or do you think they're going to move into other markets like India in the future? I do believe they've invested a good amount of time, effort, and money into China, but maybe their predictions for where the global economies would go was not absolutely spot on, because I do believe India could be a bigger market for them in terms uh, of MMA. And, and when I say bigger market, I mean, you know, for hosting events, for selling merchandise, you know, for having programs and all of that is because we are generally the way our political scene is moving. I think we are embracing whatever that is coming our side and we're not shutting it down. Uh, in China, things like internet and all these things are very, very controlled. India as a market is easier to penetrate. It's a market which is more accepting. Uh, it is a market which has diverse culture. So there's a lot more that you can do. Like, for example, uh, on Sony itself, you know, there is Hindi commentary, there's Telugu commentary, there's Tamil commentary, and these are just three languages apart from English. But India possibly has 100 plus languages. So when it comes to as a market for doing business, I think India is a bigger and a better market for the UFC. I personally don't think that they would come to India with a performance institute or something on those lines because it takes a lot of uh, time, effort, money to do so. I think whatever has to happen on the eastern side of the world will be routed via China. And if they have to have some athletes training and doing all of that, it's going to happen via the Shanghai Performance Institute because I think they're looking at one in Mexico right now. And uh, if I'm not mistaken... They are looking at Peru or some other, you know, South American country uh, to get in the next performance institute. So I don't think they are going to look at India just yet till the market doesn't interest them a little more. Yeah, no, I hear that. And, and hey, like a nice parata, good food takes time and good projects take time <laughs> as well, right? And you don't want to rush Absolutely. these things. <laughs> <laughs> absolutely absolutely and honestly you know we don't know because there are so many things happening with the ufc with this entire tko group and the wwe mergers and all that you know i think they themselves are figuring out uh, you know in what direction to head and what needs to be done yeah yeah that's fair that's fair now i'm gonna ask Samesh, do you do you follow any mma artists of indian origin outside of the country like the diaspora Oh yeah, yeah. I mean, I I'm I'm in touch with a lot of them. I mean, there is there's a guy called Hardeep Singh, who is in the UK. There's uh, you know Arjun Singh Bular from Canada. There's Gary Mangat in Canada. Okay, okay, nice. Yeah, those names we'll have to watch in the future as well. So, Sonesh, we've left the best till last. You're on Sony, the biggest network in India for sports. How did that come yes. about? Because that's that's awesome. Well, so uh, what happened since, you know, since I've been uh, working with the UFC for a long, long time, since about 2014, we've been discussing as to what needs to be done in India and how to do it, etc, etc. You know, we ran a training program for Indian fighters. We plugged in Bharat Khandare, the first Indian guy, the first Indian to get into the UFC. That happened in 2017, uh, you know, 
but again, you know, there were so many challenges that really happened in that entire exchange with the entire drug bust and the Indian fighters not understanding about, uh, you know, PED usage and all of that. So I just, I just told them, listen, you know, is that we just need to get the word out. Uh, you know, we need to have uh, a TV show that focuses on the UFC. And at the same time, uh, Sony as the broadcasting network has uh, kind of roped me in right now as a content creator. So apart from just doing the TV show, what I do for the social media is I talk about weight cutting. I talk about PED usage, you know, talk about a host of other things as to what weight categories are there, how people can get in, etc, etc. So I just I just think it was it was a three-way conversation between the UFC, Sony and myself where we said, listen, you know, we need to do something for the Indian market where at least the people get educated and, you know, they understand the sport better. So what happens is, you know, before before each pay-per-view, you know, before I go live, we actually record a segment as to ways to win, you know. So we break down the main event in a way where I discuss as to how the red corner or the blue corner, how can they win? And I start breaking down moves, you know, as to what is a single leg takedown, what's a double leg takedown, what is a guillotine choke, how he can do it. So we just, we've just got this education model kind of plugged into the TV show. So it was more of a collaborative decision by the UFC and Sony as to this is what needs to be done and this is how we're going to do it. So that's how the TV show called The Ultimate Guide to UFC came up and that's how I got on the show. Oh, that's fantastic. Yeah, once again, that's that's no mean feat. So congratulations again on being able, Thank able you to so pull much. that off. You also have your own podcast, which you run, I guess, in and around your appearances on TV. Do you, you want to tell our audience a little bit about that? Yeah, absolutely. So in fact, the podcast is called Fight Mania. And because my TV contracts are subject to only the UFC and I can only talk about UFC, I've just been a fight fan throughout my life. I don't know. I was, I was just so glued and fascinated by fighting because I genuinely feel as an individual, you know, as the world is progressing, we have all these emotions and expressions within us. But I think the fighting emotion is the most suppressed emotion because, you know, whenever a kid is fighting with another kid, you know, the parent always says, hey, listen, you know what? You just need to calm down, you know, like, don't hit or don't shout or anything of that sort. So, you know, like like people cry, like people laugh. I think the aspect of fighting is neglected completely. And as an individual grows, spiritually, I think uh, it turns out to be very different. You know, like when a kid grows and if he or she has never faced violence uh, in the past, in any manner, you know, I'm saying in the boxing gym or in a karate class, I think they turn out to be very, very different individuals. So I was always glued and fascinated with fighting and how fighting can actually be a beautiful art it doesn't need to be violent you know it can just be practiced so through so through fight pinya podcast i don't just cover the ufc but i cover everything apart from the ufc so i talk about boxing uh, i talk about mma and other organizations so i talk about pfl i talk about bellator brave and uh, yeah i just i just try and make it more interactive you know where people can ask questions you know, they can hashtag, DM us, etc., etc. So that was a, that was a thought behind it. Mm-hmm. Very good. Now, just on, on that point with the other promotions, 
because I know that Brave does a lot of fights in Bahrain and one is very much centered around Asia and East Asia at large. Are there a number of Indian fighters in these competitions we should be looking out for? Oh, yeah, yeah, uh, absolutely. In fact, there are Indian fighters that are plugged into both these organizations. And I think they're doing decently well for themselves as well. But what what I've realized is if the Indian market and Indian fighters need to have a push, I think it's the promotion that needs to invest a little bit into this particular economy. You know, but, you know by, just, by just taking one Indian fighter and, you know, putting him on the roster of one championship has not got them too far. They've not done any marketing. They've, they, don't, they, don't, they don't do anything for the country. So, and I have had a chat with them as well, you know, and I've, and I've just, just, just on a very friendly note, I've told them, listen, you know, just, just look at WWE. WWE kind of gets in, you know, like a WWE star every three months into India and they make a spectacle of it. And WWE, the viewership, of WWE is through the roof in India. It is so large that, you know, people cannot even imagine it. Yeah, and it's going to continue to grow. So it's here to stay. And now that they've merged with the UFC, I'm sure we'll see some very interesting things coming down the line there. Absolutely. The first interesting thing that we saw is Vince McMahon's legal case that just came up. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that was, that was a smackdown that we did not see coming. <laughs> Absolutely. We can call it the WWE Raw. That was Raw. Yeah. <laughs> oh, yeah, that was... Um, yeah, that was a knockout punch for sure. For sure. Now, Samesh, <laughs> where can we find you on social media? Uh, so, on Instagram, uh, it's somesh.camera. Okay. Yep. And on Twitter, it's Zomesh underscore camera. All right. Very good. We're going to give you a follow. And if you're listening to the show, make sure you check out all of Zomesh's work. Subscribe to his podcast. Leave a review. And also leave a review here because that helps, that helps the podcast to grow. helps it to get seen. It helps Justin to sleep at night. He's not with us today, <laughs> but it helps him out as well. So just it's it's costs you nothing, but it means a lot to us. Yeah, hold on, hold on. So, Mesh? Yes. You cover P- PFL Bellator? No, so uh, it doesn't come It doesn't come on broadcast out here, but uh, there's a friend of mine that has subscribed to it, so, you know, we jam up together and we see the fights and all of that. Okay, okay. I was going to ask, I mean, we have the PFL versus Bellator champions oh, event coming up. Oh, that's a great card. Oh, my God. You know, so it's a great card, but when you look at it and you really analyze it, it feels like you could see a Bellator sweep. Absolutely. You know, but in fact, what is so exciting to me is the fact that UFC was supposed to have their event in Saudi Arabia. Mm-hmm in March and that got pushed and now we are having the PFL versus Bellator champ versus champ in Saudi Arabia and I'm like wow you know these guys are I mean Saudi Arabia is turning out to be the hub for not just combat sports but all kind of sports yeah they're pumping in they're pumping in huge amount of money and apart from that I think PFL Bellator this 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 merger this this takeover that has happened I think it's superb because, you know, the UFC have been dominant for so long. I think having competition just helps. 
And the fact that the UFC card got scrapped by the Saudi Arabians and they have got the Bellator guys in clearly says that they mean business. So, and I think it's a very positive thing. I do too. I do too. I think it's good for MMA in general. Just period. Absolutely. You know, I mean, honestly, Patricio Pitbull, I mean, Santos versus Romero, Bader versus Ferreira. Dude, I'm, I'm sweating already. Yeah, there's going to be some awesome fights. It's it's going to be one you have to tune into for sure, for sure. But man, people are going to tune into this. They're going to love this conversation so much. Thanks for coming on, buddy. Absolutely. Thank you so much for your time. And I look forward on hearing to all the podcasts after this as well. Right on, right on. Good talking to you. Thanks for tuning into the podcast. For even more of your favorite sports content, be sure to visit the website www.prosportspodcasters.com. On our website, you will find our sports blog, full podcast library, access to our YouTube channel, and deals from our affiliate partners. You can also sign up to become a PSP Insider and get exclusive access to our insider tips, sponsor giveaways, and insider newsletter. So don't miss out on the full Pro Sports Podcasters experience, where no sport is left behind.